So before this weekend, I warned you that Bitcoin really needs to break above this line here if we're going to get bullish again. And I'd warned you that I'm a little bit worried that this line here has actually become, was a support and it actually just became a resistance. And now it's really like decision time for Bitcoin. Either we're going to break through this level over here or what I'm suspecting actually may be the case is that we touched it with a perfect rejection and then we're actually going to start moving down. But either way now, it's decision time for Bitcoin. And I think this week is a very, very, very big week where Bitcoin has to make a decision. I'm going to show you some of the factors, uh, including the FOMC meeting, the potential war in the United States, Chinese liquidity, and a whole lot of other factors that may actually push the Bitcoin price up. Then we're going to talk about a couple of altcoins, because regardless of what happens now, you do know the next push up is going to be altcoins. And we're going to talk about a couple of altcoins that I think you need to have in your bag question is just when you're going to buy them. I'm not sure that you need to buy them right now, but you need to know what you want to have in your bag. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start preparing you for some of these altcoins that are actually going to run. And then lastly, we're going to talk about this tweet that I did over here, where I said I'm putting $10,000 into five tokens, $2,000 in each. We're going to leave them away for exactly a year. And after a year, if yours are the ones that are selected, you get to keep all the profits. So I'm going to maybe make a slight variation to this. We can discuss it today on the show. So lots to do today. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Not much movement happening on the market, but we're going to still have a lot of fun here. So let's go, go, go. Josh, let's go. I see a lot of people in the comments about Satoshi VM. I don't know how we were even linked to Satoshi VM, but we will talk about that later on at the end of the show, just to actually set the the, the playing field straight here, because it seems like there's a lot of people that are very, very, very misinformed here. We will deal with that. Uh, Mugen, I, I see your tweet. I, I do see your tweet. I'm going to show you how wrong you actually are. I'm going to show you how wrong you actually are. Uh, people are saying banter bags. Yes, we need to get the banter bags. Hold on. Let me get, a, let, let me get us the screen of the banter bag so you guys can see it. Hold on a second. Bang, bang, and there we go, there we go. So remember, if you're not already subscribed to the channel, let me give you a good reason to subscribe to our channel. Let me just get the screen right, one second. Uh, Josh, I lost my comments, sir. I need my comments back, sir. Hold on, Josh is gonna do it. In the meantime, um, if you're not already subscribed to the channel, subscribe to the channel because you have to be a subscriber if you want to win the banter bags. Oh, Josh, you're destroying my... Okay, there we go. So you have to be a subscriber if you want to win the banter bags. How do the banter bags work? We put, we get um, early access to IDO projects. We're going to get each project to donate $1,000 to the banter bags. When we get to a million subscribers on banter and 350,000 subscribers on banter plus, one or no, a few lucky winners will actually get to keep the banter bags. The last banter bags, we gave away millions and millions and millions of dollars. I think this one's going to be uh, no different. Uh, also, we haven't got a final decision about the last banter bags where the prices went down, we're deciding whether we should actually get the, the old guys into, um, into these banter bags. We'll let you guys know this week. Um, so yes, also subscribe, also smash the like button. These are the days where we need extra energy. There's lots of alpha in the show. Smash the like button and let's go, 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 go. There's a lot to do here today. I see people commenting about the color of my jacket. Is it a good jacket or a bad jacket? I'm not sure. I like the jacket. I like the, I like the jacket. I like the jacket. Uh, all right, let's talk about why it's such a big week for Bitcoin. And um, I mean, you know, I don't really like posting things like I posted this weekend because the problem is that people only want you to post bullish things. But the reality is that the way I saw this weekend is I said, look, this is a breakdown, a breakdown below the trend line. And this is a perfect retest. 
And that's just what it is. And a lot of people were like, well, you know, how can you be posting such negative things? Guys, that's the way I see the market. Let me show you, let me show you what I posted. And let me show you, um, let me go back to where I posted. Here we go. Uh, yeah, this could be a perfect retest before I move down. I don't make the rules. When I posted that, everyone was like, how can you say that? How can you say we're going down? Guys, it's very basic technical analysis. You, you break down below the line. And then what's going to happen is you retest over here. And then you've got to make a decision. If we break above this line over here, if we break above this line over here, then I'm saying we're going bullish again. But until we break above that line over here, I've got, to say, I've got to say that this is a support resistance flip. This was the support line. It's now become the resistance line. And we should hope that we break it uh, as quickly as possible. Um, so that's, that's what I think. And, and I'm always going to tell you what I think, even though you're not, we're not, um, uh, even though it, it might not always be exactly what you want to hear. I've said to you guys before that I'm expecting this dump to actually scare people. And I really hope this weekend, I really hope that we didn't actually break through this. I know, you know, you all want to be bullish, but I was kind of hoping that we wouldn't break through this. And the reason why I was hoping that is because in my thesis that I'm, we're still going to carry on going a little bit further down, I only started nibbling. So I just, I only started buying. I didn't actually um, buy a lot of things. And I want to do a lot of buying before the next leg up, but I just don't feel that prices got low enough for me. So I was kind of like, on the one hand, yes, of course, I wanted Bitcoin to break through that line. But on the other hand, because I'm here for the long term, I'm saying, look, that's great. Let's just go down a bit more. Let's come down to these levels over here. Let me pick up my favorite altcoin bags much cheaper. And then let's actually carry on with, with the bull market. Now, look, you can um, look at the hopium. I see Rover posting hopium. You know, he says every time... And, and by the way, our researchers said the same thing. They said, look, you've got this weekly time frame bullish hammer. So, you know, like they talk about the bullish hammer. That's a bullish hammer. That's a bullish hammer. You see, it's got a long wick. Every time you get these, these bullish hammers, uh, Bitcoin's gone up. But then a similar post said um, the, the weekly candle closed with a reversal candle formation, the hammer. So it just depends how you want to look at it. The way I look at it is that we still haven't had a severe correction before the halving. And I'm still... I'm, very long-term bullish, but I'm still a little bit cautious in the short term to say, I'm just not sure that we've seen blood on the streets. I'm just not sure that we've shaken out, um, that we've shaken out all, all the blood. I mean, just look at the fear and greed. We haven't managed to go much under 48. Is this, is this the end of the, what we call the respectable correction? It doesn't feel like it. It doesn't feel like it. That's the problem. It doesn't feel like it. And that's why I'm being, as I say, cautiously, cautiously, cautiously optimistic. I'm very bullish. I just think that if you want to have a good bullish scenario, we need to, to, to have a scenario like this where before the halving, we have a dump. And we only got like, what, like 80 days left to the halving. So we want to get this dump out the way so we can really move on. Also, like, look at the weekly RSIs. On the four hour, on the very short time frame, yes, okay, RSIs are pretty neutral. They haven't been reset. They're not in oversold territory. But on the one week, the RSIs are still high. Is this how you want to go into the halving? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm, I'm, I am cautiously optimistic. I like the fact that on-chain, we're seeing a very healthy dynamic on, on, on the on-chain and that we bounced off this orange line. Now, this orange line here is what they call the Bitcoin realized price. It is the price at which all the holders of Bitcoin currently hold their Bitcoin. And the problem is that when you break below this realized price, then people start to lose money and then they start to do stupid things like sell, uh, 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 et cetera. 
And what I'm seeing here is that we bounced off it pretty well. So not only from a technical point of view, but also from a realized price on-chain point of view. Right now, we are, let's say, healthily, healthily moving sideways. So it's a, it's a health, we haven't got that, that healthy, healthy, healthy correction, but we are moving sideways. The leverage, the froth has started to come out the market. And for now, you've almost got Bitcoin waiting for direction. On the one hand, it could reject downwards. So that would be a perfect retest of the resistance and then continuing to go, to go down a little bit. Or on the other hand, we break through this, in which case we get bullish. And if, if there ever is going to be a week where this decision is going to be made, it's definitely, definitely going to be this week. Because if you look at all the stuff that is happening this week, not only in the charts, like on the charts, um, I, I saw this from Geo9. Geo9, by the way, one of my favorite accounts, really level-headed account, he says, um, if this clo- he's looking at the MACD, which actually did turn bullish. He says, if, if this closes on the bullish side today, I think this correction over and Bitcoin price should move higher. If not, the price is a good support at 40 and we've got a big week ahead. And he's right. This is exactly, exactly the way that I see it. So we could go bullish today. If we close above, we've got to close above this trend line over here. Then we go bullish. If not, then we've got to hover in this area and maybe potentially start coming back down. Um, and it's not only Bitcoin. It's, it's the total crypto market. You, you can see it's at a massive support resistance level over here. This was support in the old days and now it's resistance. So massive, massive, massive uh, week this week for Bitcoin to actually make a decision. It's also a massive week when it comes to like, like indicators that can actually help Bitcoin make the decision. So you've got jobs data this week. You've got a FOMC meeting this, this week, Wednesday. I think all eyes are going to be on Powell this Wednesday with the FOMC meeting. I think in all probability, we know there's not going to be an in- interest rate drop this Wednesday. Um, you can see that the market, that the market here is um, only predicting the first real rate cuts around March, and if not March, sometime around May. So I'm not expecting the uh, Powell to come out and, uh, and, and cut interest rates this week. But I do know that whatever Powell does, he'll give us hints as to where we're going in the next FOMC meeting. And I know that he'll be carrying a lot of these uh, indicators or a lot of these things in the back of his mind when he talks about interest rates. So on the one hand, Powell has a problem. The problem that Powell has is the markets are absolutely fucking flying. And with markets flying like this, the problem is that he could risk getting himself into an inflationary hole again. So that's the one thing that he will be thinking about. On the other hand, the U.S. has debt of $34 trillion only after, three months after we hit $33 trillion. To me, this feels like a parabolic rise in, in, in the wrong thing, and that is in debt. And you can see it here on the chart. Three months after we hit $33 trillion, two years after we hit $30 trillion. So to get from 24 to 30 took us four years. Two years after that, we hit $33 trillion, and $34 trillion took us three months. Okay, you ask me, this is parabolic. You ask me, this is, this is a parabolic, but it's a parabolic of, of the wrong kind of thing. It's of debt and not of actually asset prices. And yes, they'll tell you that the, the, um, the, the, the uh, GDP is positive, but it's positive, but it's as positive at the same rate as inflation. So the real GDP, in other words, when you adjust GDP for inflation, you're actually not doing that well at the moment, not actually doing that well. And it's getting a little bit worse. While we're watching the FOMC, we must watch the Dixie. So Cole Baticella says, you know, you heard, heard you needed some hopium. The last two FOMC meetings have marked the pico top for the Dixie. 
So we are going to be here on Wednesday. When this happens, we are going to be here. And we are going to be bringing you live coverage of Powell's thing. And we're probably going to be trading it, knowing us, because we are absolute fucking degens. So we're going to be here and we're going to be trading this live with you guys um, on, uh, on, on Wednesday. Um, the other thing which I think that Powell better take into account, and if he doesn't, I think we all need to just keep our eyes open. But there's been major escalations in, in the Middle East. Now, it started off with the Israel against Hamas war. It then escalated into the Houthis. The Houthis started blocking the, the Suez Canal. They wouldn't allow ships. They keep bombing ships. They've bombed multiple ships, cargo ships. And a lot of the, the, the carriers are now not traveling through uh, uh, the Suez Canal. And that could drive prices up. But yesterday, we also had another escalation in, in this war. And what happened yesterday was that there was a drone attack on a, a U.S. Army base, and it killed three U.S. servicemen and it injured a whole lot of other servicemen. And that's a major, major, major escalation in the Middle East. And what I'm worried is that we're actually seeing the beginning of some kind of, of World War III. And what, what Biden came out and said is he said, look, they will respond as they see fit at a date and time that ever suits them. But the truth is, I think what's going on is that the rest of the world, and specifically I I Iran um, uh, and the Houthis and, and, and all of those, are looking at the U.S. leadership. And they're saying, if ever we were going to get into a war with the U.S., now is the best time. Because you've got Biden. Biden is, I mean, he's pretty incoherent. The guy can't even string a sentence together, let alone he's not a, a, a leader that, that anybody's going to fear. You've got Kamala Harris. I mean, I don't know. Has anybody seen Kamala Harris since, this, since her term started? I haven't seen, um, I haven't seen Kamala at all. Um, and a lot of people are asking, how is the U.S. actually going to respond to the, to the attack which they're blaming on Iran? So they're blaming this whole attack on Iran, even though it happened in Jordan. So it says a, a drone strike kills three U.S. soldiers and injures dozens. Biden has confirmed it was Iran, Iranian linked. Um, you, got, you got very, very, very um, uh, hard senators saying, look, hit Iran hard, hit, hit Iran hard. And, uh, and, and, and let's start a war with Iran. That's what they want. But the reality is that, and it's not only him, it's, it's, it's uh, uh, John, John Cornyn, it's, it's, it's let's hit Iran. But the reality is that I, I think I'm in the same uh, camp here as David Sachs, where he says, it feels good to be in the moment for Hotheads to call for the retaliation, but we have to think through this for a second. The US only has about 4,000 Tomahawk missiles in its inventory. We can do about a week of shock and awe, then what? We're going to send in ground troops. Iran's territory, territory is vast. Its forces are decentralized. And, um, and now you could be roping China and Russia into the war. So he's kind of saying, look, Iran's dealt you guys a, a little smack. And the truth is that you actually don't really have any way to fight back. And I, I want to remind you that right now we have the U.S. against a tiny, tiny, tiny uh, resistance group in Yemen called the Houthis. And even in that war... Right now, the U.S. is making is is looking like a bunch of fools. To be honest, they sent a whole lot of military personnel. They got the British Army there. They've got a whole lot of armies there. Meanwhile, this small little bunch of Houthis are driving up uh, prices of shipping and containers all around the world. So we have to uh, we have to um, keep an eye open for this. And specifically, I think this is around the leadership in in the United States. I mean, look. You know, let's forget about um, let's forget about uh, which side you're on. You got to admit that the current U.S. leadership is is the bottom of the barrel. And I, I tweeted this on the weekend, and I said, you know, like, how do you feel about the U.S. leadership? 
Uh, where is that tweet? I did tweet it. Here we go. And you know, people were saying like, "This is the bottom. This is this is like the bottom. This is this is we haven't been this bad." And then, of course, you got Trump capitalizing on this whole thing. Of course, of course. I had no wars. I'm the only president in 72 years. I didn't have any wars. I had no wars. I mean, I'm the only. He does have a point, and 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 uh, I read on the weekend that he's thinking of maybe teaming up with RFK as the president vice president uh, combination. I think that could be a very 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 interesting combination. Because remember, RFK is a Democrat traditionally, right? He only became independent because, because of how the Democrats were treating him. So listen, we've got to keep our eye on the political situation in, in the US and the fact that we are escalating towards war. We, we are, I mean, say what you want. We are escalating towards war in, in the Middle East and it just seems to be getting like worse and worse and worse. Let me know what you think. Let me know what you think around, uh, uh, around whether we are going to get into a war, whether my analysis is right here. I mean, I'm obviously very open to, to your feedback here. Uh, I'm not a political guy. I'm very much a crypto guy. But sometimes, you know, politics overlaps on crypto. And um, we've, got to carry, we, we've, got to, we've got to look at it. Anyway, listen, in the meantime, stock markets are absolutely flying. I pulled out the chart of the S&P. I quickly want to, I quickly want to find the chart of the S&P. Because I was looking at it, I was like... Holy shit, this is huge. So here's the S&P 500. Um, you can see where the S&P 500 is at the moment. We are, we are convincingly, convincingly, convincingly at like all-time highs. And the stock market rampage basically isn't looking like it's going to slow down anytime soon. So if you look at the data behind it, um, for one, um, stocks, stock buying surged last month from Bank of America private clients to the highest level since September 22. So only now the money on the sidelines is being deployed into the stock market. Now, a lot of people are saying, look, we've got to get into a correction. The stock market's running too hard. We've got to get into a correction. Reality is, look at this. Look at the average PE where the market corrects, where we have big crashes. And you can see that we're nowhere near an overheated market. We're nowhere near an overheated market when it comes to this. So for now, stock markets look healthy. It looks like we're in the beginning of a global liquidity cycle. Um, here we go. It looks like we're in the beginning of a, of a global liquidity cycle. Here it is. Um, we're just in the beginning part and it usually more liquidity will bring us more, more money into risk assets like crypto and whatever else. You also have Hong Kong now liquidating or ruling that Evergrande, China's, um, it was one of its largest real estate developers, probably not now, uh, is ruled that they must be liquidated. Um, I mean, how's China going to fix this? The only way they can fix this is more stimulus. More stimulus equals more liquidity. So, I think from that point of view, keep your eyes on what's happening on the macro. But for now, it looks like markets continue to run. Markets, stock markets are going to continue to run. And that's what we need if we're going to have a, a, a crypto run. Because I can't see crypto running if stock markets start collapsing. So keep your eyes on that. Keep your eyes on that. Uh, we'll obviously also keep our eyes on that. All right, let's go back to crypto. So, it's, uh, I mean, we've spoken enough about the macro. Let's go back to crypto. Let's talk about the big week in crypto. And it is a big week when it comes to crypto. The first thing that we're getting this week is we're getting Google. And it's actually today. So today, Google is lifting the ban on, um, on uh, uh, ETF or cryptocurrency-related products, but specifically around cryptocurrency coin trusts, which is ETFs. So from today, you will be seeing uh, Bitcoin ETF ads on your Google. I'm not sure it's going to have like an immediate, immediate, immediate effect on the ETF inflows. And let's just quickly look at the ETF inflows. So you can see the grayscale inflows are calming down a lot. 
So they started very big and they're going down every single day. Obviously, the market will open in a few minutes and we'll see how the inflows are, the, the in and outflows are today. Right now, when I look at the inflows versus outflows, we're pretty much even. So like even Stevens. So look here. So that is, let me quickly just go here. So you've got about a 5 billion outflow from Grayscale and you've got an inflow of 5.53. So net net, we have about a seven hundred and fifty million dollar, seven hundred and fifty billion dollars, seven hundred and fifty million dollars net inflow into ETFs. That's kind of where we are. So I don't know, disappointing, not disappointing. Let, let's actually read both sides. Let, let's quickly read both sides and let's make a call. So on the one side, he says the ETF launches a failure. JP Morgan, no one showed up as per Jim Cramer. Another disaster as per Peter Schiff, going much lower as per Arthur Hayes. Uh, months left of grayscale selling. Everybody won't rally until 2024, 25. Advisors not ready for this product. And that's Joe. He says what he's saying is 5 billion in new inflows into the new ETFs. That's not 5 billion. It's about 750 million. BlackRock super happy with the launch. I mean, I guess BlackRock would have to tell us they're super happy with their launch. Larry Fink promoting Bitcoin. I agree. Big tick. Grayscale, the sell is slowing. I agree. Big tick. FTX finished selling. I agree. Big tick. 80 days until the halving. And up $4,000 on the last week. So, I don't know. You work it out your way. You work it out your way. I think right now it's a side, sideways movement. And we need some kind of catalyst to move this market down or take this market up. Hopefully for us, because we believe in, in the long term of Bitcoin and in the long term of crypto, I want to move down. I want to move down so we can shake out the garbage um, and so we can buy what we want to buy. And then we can carry on moving, and, and then we can carry on moving into the next part of the cycle. As I said to you before, I think the next part of the cycle has got to be has got to be altcoins. So what? Let's really talk about it. Let's. let's so I read this. Um, uh, Golden cross of the Guna in the monthly chart only happened in 2016 and 2020, marked the beginning of an altcoin bull run. I have no doubt the next run is a bull, is an altcoin run because I don't think we're going to have another just Bitcoin only pump. That was the pump that we got before the ETF. Now we're moving into the next part of the bull market. And the next part of the bull market has to be the altcoin run. Um, let's we can look at the altcoins. It's a pretty, let's look, let's look at the last hour because it looks like a very, very, very quiet day. Like sideways, sideways, sideways day. The Richard Hart coins moving slightly up. Um, Bitenza, which had a very, very good weekend, slightly down. I mean, it hit 386 on the weekend. Now it's 345. So slight cool down over there. Uh, no surprise there. Uh, by the way, Josh, this is looking fantastic. I must say, really looking good. Let's look at if there's any hot narratives here. Nothing moving today when it comes to narratives. Ecosystems, pretty much most of the ecosystems down. Remember, if you do want to win $10,000 of each of these coins, just go to Banter Bubbles, open an exchange account using any crypto banter link, buy a bit, bit get whatever you want, and just predict the price of a token. You get five predictions in each token, right? So that's, that's where it is. Um... As I said, next part of the hype cycle is going to be altcoins. I think there are a lot of altcoins that you've got to get in, into, your, into your bags. Uh, we'll talk about some of the, the altcoins that need to get into the bags. Um, he says, altcoins may be preparing for an HQ1 cycle. We, yeah, I think this is, this is right. We are definitely going into a Q1 uh, altcoin cycle. That is the next trade, specifically because that's what usually happens when you're 31% in the bull market. The beginning 25 to 30% is usually Bitcoin. And then we go into altcoins. Then we go into altcoins. Um, and as I said, I've said this quite a few times. For me, the risk reward of buying, if you think, 
if you agree that this is the beginning of a bull market, and not everybody agrees that this is the beginning of a bull market, but I think it's the beginning of a bull market. That's my thesis. If that is your thesis, like that is my thesis, then what do you do? You start buying altcoins early in the, in the bull market. He says here, historically speaking, taking altcoin positions four to six months prior to halving has been a great move from a risk return type ratio. Now, as I said, we may be, for me, it's a little bit too expensive now. If we get a Bitcoin correction towards 36 to 32, this would coincide with the retest range um, here, which he talks about, which is one of the greatest opportunities before the expansion phase, in my opinion. So net-net, what do we want? We want a pullback. Just give us the pullback. We don't want the market to go up because then we haven't been able to buy. We need, we need things to go down. Someone says, how do I qualify for the banter bags? Subscribe to banter, subscribe to banter plus, and open any exchange account with, with any crypto banter link. And you'll see why in a second. There's a, there's a, there, I'll show you three reasons at the end of the show. How to do that. Uh, someone says, did, did Ron talk about Satoshi VM? I'm going to talk about Satoshi VM. As I said, I don't know how we got involved in that, but I will talk to you about Satoshi VM uh, in a second. All right, let's talk about um, altcoins and which altcoins look good and which altcoins look, I don't know, fantastic if you want to, if you want to um, look at it that way. So, I mean, the one that is showing a lot of relative strength, and we did speak about it a long time ago, is uh, Sui. Um, I mean, I don't know if it's going all the way to $2, but I can tell you that we have put that into our account. Let's just quickly see if our account's loaded up here. Let me just quickly log out and see if we can show you guys. Okay, so here we go. You can see that we have got Sui in our, in our bags. We're $53,000 up on that position over here. We've paid $687 in, in funding so far. Um, so a lot of relative strength on Sui. You see that, that you're not getting any meaningful corrections on Sui, and that's usually usually a good sign. The other one that I think we need to pay attention to this week um, is that I think we need to pay attention to Render. And I know we, we talk about Render a lot, but there's a good reason why this week might be a good week to pay attention to Render. And that's because Apple is launching their Vision Pro this week. So I think it's at the end of this week. And I think that that may spark off a Render issue because, you know, uh, Render, is, or Render is quite integrated into Apple. Um, specifically when it comes to like rendering and streaming AR and VR content. Um, so, and I also read this, which is, you know, talks about it. It says, um, like these are narratives and it says major GPU supply squeeze incoming. GPUs are at this point considerably harder to get than drugs. And that comes from Elon Musk. So I don't know, just let's keep an eye on this render narrative. If you see it pumping towards the end of the week, you know it's because of this, of this Apple launch, which is available on, in the US on the 2nd of February. And I think that that might just get some kind of, of move um, in render. The other big narrative that we need to talk about this week, and I think that this is going to be the narrative, the, the altcoin narrative that takes over the entire, entire, entire week. And I think what it is, is, is one of the biggest airdrops that I think we're going to get in crypto, and that is the Jupiter airdrop. So we do have Jupiter uh, airdropping this week. For those of you who don't know what Jupiter is, Jupiter is a, a DEX aggregator on Solana. It's like the premier DEX slash DEX aggregator on uh, Solana. And we do know that every time that we get these catalysts, every time that we get these airdrops, it is catalysts for the chain to go up. So it's almost like stimulus, you know, like you, you drop free money onto a whole lot of Solana users, what are they going to do? They're going to prop up the Solana ecosystem. They're going to prop up the transactions. They're going to prop up the TVL using that money. And so this week we've got the um, the uh, render uh, the Jupiter airdrop. Now, just to give an idea of how powerful render actually is, 
This is Render's 24-hour volume versus Uniswap's 24-hour volume. So you can see that it's beating Uniswap in 24-hour volume, which is huge. But that's not because of Jupiter. I'm going to show you in a second why, why that's not because of Jupiter. So it does start, Jupiter starts trading on the 31st of January. Um, our partners, uh, buy, I'm just looking to see, so Bybit, BitGet, uh, all listing Jupiter. If you want to trade, there, are, there is a link below. If you sign up using the exchange links below, not only do you get huge sign-up bonuses, not only do you get to win $10,000 worth of each one of, of these amazing tokens over here, but you also get to participate in this promotion, which I'm going to talk about in a second, this $10,000 promotion, which we'll, we'll talk about uh, towards the end of the show. So for now, we are watching this Jupiter airdrop. Right now, the price on Hyperliquid, which is trading, like the perpetuals, these are like, they're trading a token that doesn't yet exist and it's pricing it before it comes onto the market. Um, what you can see is you can see the price here is at about 70, well, let's call it about 67 cents now. It's, it's gone slightly down. That means that the fully diluted valuation of Jupiter is about $6 billion. I don't know. If it comes on at $6, 7000000000 billion, I don't know if that's, if that's um, I mean, Uniswap's at like a $7 billion valuation. I think we gotta be. I think we gotta be careful. Jupiter is doing one million dollars in weekly fees, five billion dollars in weekly volume. From a fundamentals point of view, Jupiter is absolutely amazing. Like, there's no doubt about that. The question is, are you willing to pay a seven billion dollar valuation for it? I don't know. We'll make a call on the day. Obviously, if it goes anywhere higher than seven billion, that to me is like very, very, very overpriced. Um, if it go, if if we do have a dump, then you know. Yeah, I mean, it'll never get there, but if it gets to anywhere around 30 cents, then yeah, we need to, we need to go there. Um, I mean, we also saw lots of DEX volume this week because of the WEN airdrop. You know, that, I don't know how many of you actually got the WEN airdrop, but if you have used Jupiter Exchange, you probably got the WEN airdrop. And that was an amazing, amazing, amazing proof of concept. So what they did was they, they got, anyone who used Jupiter got the WEN airdrop. And a lot of people just got a lot of, um, a lot of, a lot of, um, money dropped them. Not big amounts this time, not big amounts, but just huge distribution. Now, I think that when you look at all of these together, I think all of these things together are going to pump the price of Solana. And you can see Solana is actually showing quite a bit of relative strength. Sheldon actually took a short on Solana and I said to him, look, I agree with you, the market may actually start coming down, but Solana is the one token that would be very, very, very scared to short. And the reason why I'd be very scared to short is because it's all coming together now. Now you can see it when you look at the DEX volume, but the DEX volume is actually telling you a story which is much bigger because the DEX volume is actually not about trading. It's about everything coming together all at once at the right time. The DEX volume is just a symptom of all of it coming together at the right time, but it's not the big story. It's just a symptom. This is the big story around Solana. This is, this is the reason why it's all coming together. Read this tweet. It says, so let me get this straight. Tomorrow, I'm going to be able to claim my WEN tokens, send on eight different wallets, send all of my WEN tokens to one main wallet, sell the, the, the tokens, and do this all for a cost of under 0.01 cents. In comparison, this would cost way over $100 on Ethereum, 10,000 times more. It's only possible on Solana. This is when everything's come together because what you've got is you've got all these narratives that have come together. You've got stable coins pumping on Solana because it's so cheap. You've got the network with uptime 
pretty much it hasn't gone down for a year. So like the network's been up for a year. So that's already gone at the moment. You've got all these narratives, which are now like, you've got Deepin on Solana, which is, I guess you could say that the main Deepin chain is actually Solana. Helium, um, uh, um, Hivemapper, all of those are all pumping on Solana. Stable coins pumping on Solana. Um, and that's driving up, all of this is driving up the DEX volume. Um, people can also trade, they can also trade like, you can also job in and out of meme coins, which is something that you can't do on Ethereum. You can't, you can't be jobbing in and out of meme coins when you're paying $100 of gas uh, every single time uh, on it. So what you see now is you're seeing, so I think this is, it's all coming together. Sol feels like a, the obvious trade again. Multi-billion airdrops coming for key protocols, and there's lots of these key protocols coming. And every single time that these key protocols come, we're getting more and more stimulus onto this ecosystem. Then you've got dominating meme coin and stable coin flows. Because it's so cheap, you can actually trade in and out of meme coins without like big gas fees, which you can't do on ETH. Same thing with stable coins. So that's another one. NFT royalties protected. Remember they launched new token um, uh, extensions last week. It was last week. Yeah, it was last week that they launched the token extensions. NFT royalties protected on the actual token. So on the actual smart contract of the token and a whole lot of new narratives. So it just feels like everything is coming together for Solana. I don't know, like, I don't know if I'd be caught without Solana in my portfolio going into this next bull market. I think that that's like almost like the sure thing. In fact, you know, I'm a much bigger uh, Sol fan than I am an ETH fan. That's for sure. Um... All right, let's carry on. I, I did see this, which I want to share with you. Some cool, um, some cool um, um, uh, uh, predictions from Eric Wall. Eric Wall has actually made amazing, amazing predictions. I want to quickly go through some of his predictions. Let's see where we agree with him and where we don't agree with him. So he says, Bitcoin to ETH hits a new all-time high in 2024. I agree. ETH BTC has seen its bottom for the year. I agree. I think ETH recovers faster than Bitcoin. You will get another chance to buy Bitcoin below 35,000. I agree. I think it's happening in the next 30 days, but maybe less. Maxis will fail to censor ordinals. Obvious. The activation for the Bitcoin new soft fork begins. Maybe, maybe not. Um, the Bitcoin halving block is reorganized. Cardano falls out of the top 10. Mm. Oh, I mean, do I, if I agree here, then I get Charles Hoskinson upset with me in the whole Cardano community. If I don't agree here, what happens? I think it does. It falls out of the top 10 end of the year. Uh, it will be replaced by Polygon. Okay. Don't know if that would be my first choice for replacement, but maybe right. Um, Richard Hart hires the most expensive S lawyers that money can buy, but still loses his case against the SEC. Wow. I hope he wins. I really hope he wins. I really, really hope he wins. Regardless of whether you love Hex and Pulse or don't love Hex and Pulse, I really hope he wins. But sure, it's a, it's a long shot. It's a long shot. Um, it's a long shot for him to win. All right, let's go into what we said earlier on uh, in the show today. See how that works. I asked you guys, I said I'll take $10,000 and I'll put 2000 into five tokens and we'll just leave it there for exactly a year. And after the year, if I selected your, um, your, your five tokens, then, um, you will, uh, then you can keep the profits. I'll take my $10,000 back and you will keep the profits. And I started looking at some of the, the um, so we've got this guy says, Crypto Jesus says, Casper, Tau, uh, Elephium, Space, Link, not bad. This is not a bad thing here. The only thing is that Casper is quite high and Tau is quite high. So 
you could be punished for something like that. Uh, remember, you got to keep, you got to keep, you got to give me all five. So helium, Arweave, Star Atlas, Shrapnel, and ARs. Not bad, not bad. Let me know what your five are here. But also, more importantly, more importantly, go to my tweet, comment in my tweet. Austin Federer says, USDC, USDT, USDPZ, USDPY, USD, how did I do? Well, he actually could do well if the market crashes. Like if you think about it, if the market crashes, he's the only guy that's going to be protected here. So, I mean, I wouldn't laugh at him yet. I wouldn't laugh at him yet. So go and comment on my tweet. That is the tweet. The tweet. I'm Crypto Man Run on, uh, on, on uh, Twitter, go on X or whatever you call it. Go and comment on my tweet. Remember to have five if you want to qualify. Remember to have five. Um, yeah, and then what you need to do if you want to win, you've got to have a Bybit, BitGet, BingX, any exchange account using any crypto banter link so we can pay you. If you don't have an account, we don't pay you. So I'm giving you a thousand reasons to sign up using our accounts. There really is no other, no, no one else is going to give you this many reasons to sign up using their exchange links. Sign up using our exchange links. Um, all right, let's see what else there is. Let's see what else there is. Let's see what else there is. Um, I saw this, I, I saw this thread over here this weekend, and I think that it's worth looking at this thread. So he says, uh, bro, too much engagement farming with fake 100Xs in crypto. This is a deepened thread with three protocols. Not ahead of a long list with fundamentals. And he talks about three um, fundamentals. The graph, covalent, and, and pocket network. So we have been speaking about, so what are these? These are all infrastructure plays. Um, what are they? They are indexes. So what is an indexer? An indexer is a, um, uh, 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 it indexes smart contract transactions to make, it more, to make the, the process much more efficient. And I must say, I have been looking at these. We do hold Pocket Network. We do hold the graph. But I think based on this thread, I actually might start taking a position in, in Covalent. And he, he breaks it down um, quite well over here. He shows the, the, um, the revenue split, et cetera. And I think it's worth just gonna go, going to have a look at this uh, comparative valuation. So if you look at the comparative valuation, you've got the graph at a market cap of 1.5. You've got Covalent at a market cap of 157. But on a fully diluted, 252. And if you look at the, the annualized revenue, just look at the annualized revenue. So I saw this, don't know if it interests you. If it does, I mean, this is something that I'm going to be looking at. I think I'm going to take a small, small, small position in it. I mean, just start to nibble on it uh, and maybe carry on doing some more uh, research. All right, what else is there? What else is there? We are going to talk about Satoshi VM because I don't know how um, we got caught up in, 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 in this whole situation because ultimately, yeah, we did invest in Satoshi VM. Very, very, very small investment. I think it was under $3,000 that we landed up investing in it. Uh, obviously, as usual, we invest with no strings attached and we made it very, very, very clear to the team, like every single one of our investments, that we only invest with no strings attached and no exposure. And obviously, we have all the messages to prove that that's what we said. We mentioned it once on our show before the launch. We never, ever said it's a buy, although we did like the idea of rollups on Bitcoin. Now, are they technologically possible? I don't know. Um, I'm assuming that, you know, on a, that the team um, can solve this kind of problem. And I have heard of other people trying to solve this problem. Um, and based on a $3,000 investment, I think for us, it was worthwhile investing. The idea of Bitcoin ecosystem tokens and growing the Bitcoin ecosystem is one that we really, really, really back. And we're going to continue to back any projects doing it uh, specifically in the very, very early stage. Now, we never told anyone to buy it. Specifically, we also never, ever mentioned Ape Terminal, the launch pad. And the truth is, 
I've seen a lot of evidence since the launch around Ape Terminal and a lot of fighting between Mac and uh, Mac and BTC and, and, and Ape Terminal. And the truth is, we don't want to get involved. We don't have the facts. I must say, I've seen, I've seen all the, the, um, the uh, up and down between Mac and BTC and, um, and Ape Terminal. And then they made up again. And the truth is, I don't know who's right and who's wrong. Then. What I do know is that we were very, very, very transparent and we stuck to our code of conduct. Number one, we never, ever, ever into, in, into, into any investor agreement ever where we promised tokens exposure on our channel. And we didn't promise any token exposure on this channel, and we never, ever do. Number two, we told you guys about our investment. And we're going to continue to tell you guys about our investments whenever we make investments. And if you want to follow us and you hear the reasons why we're investing, you can. But if you do, that's up to you. Number three, we have a rule at Banter. We have a rule at Banter that says that you may not buy or sell any token within 24 hours, or you may not buy, you, you may not dump a token within 24 hours of calling it a buy on your show. And it's all in our code of conduct, which you can go and see on our website. And we didn't do that. We spoke about Satoshi VM very briefly in one of our shows very early in the week. And we sold on the Sunday after the dump, after the, after the launch. And the reason why we sold, well, listen, if you're making 100x on an investment, you sell a little bit of your investment. And we did. We sold 25% of our total allocation because we just thought it's a great time to exit. The next time we did a show and we spoke to you, we told you, guys, this was the show. You'll remember. And in the show, we spoke about Satoshi VM for two minutes and we said, number one, it was a very successful launch. It had a 300x. At the time, we didn't know that there was controversy around the addresses and stuff like that. And remember, we're not connected, not to Mac NBTC and not to Ape Terminal in any way, shape or form. And so we have no idea about the internal, the, the, the goings on in those launch pads. We simply invested under $3,000 in this project. Number two, in this show, specifically, Based on the information that we had available at the time that this did do a 300x, which is what it seemed at the time, we said that this could kick off a narrative of launch pads. And we broke down the, la the launch pads for you using Ape as an example. I then also used this show to show you exactly what happened in this launch. And I said to you, the influencers were overshilling this token. I, I warned you guys that in this case, you are fighting against the influencers. And actually, the only time that you can beat the influencers is when their tokens are actually locked up and yours aren't. And that is through the launch pads. And I maintain that that's the only time that that, that can happen. We're not involved in Satoshi VM. I don't know the team. We did very limited research because we only invested $3,000 or less. And if you are investing that little bit of money, you're not going to spend hours and hours and hours doing a, a launch, uh, doing your research. Also, as normal, we never, ever, ever accepted or will accept any token with any arrangements to promote, tweet, and show. And to be honest, if you go and look at all our coverage, we didn't. Now, I see a lot of people here in the, in the, in the comments around Miles. To be honest... I did have a chat to Miles about it. But the reality is that by this time, Miles is already leaving Banter. And you may have seen that this weekend, I published a tweet because of, because of uh, all the people asking me, what's the story with Miles? What's the story with Miles? The truth is, I believe that Miles may have 
overcreated content and maybe shilled this token too much. And that was something that I actually said to him. And to be honest, I think that he knows he made a mistake. And I think he'll address it on his channel uh, at the right time. For now, as I mentioned on my tweet this weekend, Miles is leaving Banter. It, here, here's the tweet over here. It's a decision that we made with Miles. Um, we've been, as I said, we've been in talks for over a month and we both decided it's mutually beneficial, beneficial for Miles to leave Banter. Um, no disrespect to Miles. We love Miles. Miles remains an amazing friend. I think Miles is one of the smartest guys in, in the entire industry for his age. Um, I think he's made amazing content. I think he's done amazing deep dives. But the truth is, you guys are asking me here, I do think that Miles overshilled the token. And I warned him about it at the time, and I think that he understands the mistake that he's made. And a young guy like that, with a brain like that, I don't think that Miles will make the same mistake ever again. But I can assure you that I've gone back, I've gone back a million times and reviewed our actions on Satoshi VM in light of what's going on with the influencers. We were the only channel that actually warned you guys that this thing is being overshilled. We were the only channel that highlighted to you guys that the influencers are run, are run by a ringleader. I'm not going to, to mention who the ringleader's name is here, but I know who the ringleader is, and I think you guys probably do too. And I mentioned to you that he holds the, I, use, I think I used the cookie with a dog uh, analogy, where I said that, um, that you know that if, you're not going to, that if you don't shill it, you don't get the rest of your allocation. We don't give a shit. We're not going to shill it. We've got messages with the team that say, telling the team, we ain't going to shill your token. That's not how we play the game. We took an investment in your product because we like the idea of Bitcoin layer twos. It was a tiny investment. It was beyond, it was below the threshold of even caring. And we, we ain't going to be associated with the shill. Yes, we did. We covered the launch over here as we saw the launch in the show. We covered the launch. We said that we're excited about this kind of technology. We said that it seemed like it had done a 300, uh, a 300 uh, X at the time. Now, was that 300 X real? I don't know. There's conflicting sides. It looks like maybe it wasn't. It, uh, the team has an excuse for, for what it is. I'm not getting involved in that. All I'm saying is that we're not involved. And so, yes, I know that there's a lot of people looking to point us out and stuff like that. We're not involved in the shit. We don't get involved in the shit. We never, ever, ever shall... We did not have any links to Ape Terminal. We did not have any referral links referring our community to try and get this thing. We're not involved. We simply invested $3,000 or less. I think it was $2,000. We, we told you when we did and we told you why we did. We told you the next time exactly, exactly, exactly when we sold. And that is the transparency under which we operate. I don't think there's any, any, any problem in it. Now, I know that there's a lot of people looking to blame people. Guys, we're not involved. When we are involved, I'll be the first person to say it. And I'm saying, and, and, and I'm seeing the, the comments here. I am seeing here. I believe that, that um, Miles did overshill this product and he was an investor. And the truth is that if he was at Banter or wasn't leaving Banter, I probably would have made much more of a fuss about it. But at that point, he was already leaving. And I know that he told me this morning that he's going to address it uh, on his own channel. And I think we should... Listen to what Miles has to say. And I'll say, I'll say one thing about Miles and Satoshi VM. I think that he may have overshilled it, but I think that Miles is a young guy who is inexperienced. And I think that he's learned from this mistake and he's a very, very, very smart guy. And I think that what's going to happen is he's going to change his ways and he's going to start making good content like the content that we're used to from Miles. And 
Um, and to be honest, I look forward to that content because I know Miles on a very, very, very deep level. And yes, he's young and yes, he's inexperienced, um, but, but he is one of the smartest guys out there. And the, um, the work ethic that he has um, and the amount of research that he does when he does good content is unparalleled by anybody in this industry. So maybe he made a mistake. Maybe he didn't. The reality is that if he was at Banter, we may have, things may have been different. But as I said to you guys, Miles is leaving Banter. Uh, the end of January will be his last show. He's obviously going to be welcome back here as a host, as a guest at any time. We're obviously going to be big fans of his channel. We're going to be supporting his channel. And I suggest that you guys do exactly the same because he's a great guy who maybe made one tiny small mistake and he's going to defend his position. He told me he's going to make a, a, a thing and he's going to defend his position. On our side, on our side, I want to just reiterate, we've reviewed it. We did nothing wrong. We never shilled it. We never promised the team we were going to shill it. We, we even exposed this whole influencer thing that was going on. And I said to you guys, be careful. This thing is being overshilled. I showed you Zach XBT's thing. I said, you're competing against the influencers. Be smart. I'm also going to make a pledge back here. I'm going to make a pledge right here, right now. The next time that I see projects that are being overshilled by influencers and that I think where influencers are working for their allocations, I'm going to highlight it to you because we're not going to condone, condone that kind of behavior. So I'm making a pledge to you guys right here, right now, saying that if I believe that a project is being shilled, I'm going to bring it to you and say, guys, maybe this is a good project, maybe it's bad, but I can tell you that it's being overshilled and it feels to me like people are shilling their bags. That is what you're going to get when you keep watching banter. All right. Let me know if there's any other. Uh, I want to I put this thing to bed. So if there's any other questions, let's, let's answer them right now. Um, Chris Ashley says, influencers should have more accountability for pumping shitcoins. I agree. The game is rigged. This is the problem. The game is rigged. The reality is that you get two types of projects. You get projects looking for investment, and then you get projects that are looking for shills. And the problem is that there's certain elements in this industry where if you engage with them, they get the influencers to work for you. Problem is they withhold some of the influencers' tokens in the form of a lockup, and the influencers get really scared that they're not going to get the, 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 remainder, the remainder of their lockup tokens. And so the game is rigged against you because the influencers then start making you believe it's a good project. I warned you last time that this is the case, and I warned you that you need to look for tokens where close to the unlocks, the influencers start chilling them again. So that is it. So bottom line, did he dump, uh, did, did, bottom line, did he dump all his allocation? Um, I don't know about Miles. Miles must address his own, his own um, actions. I can tell you. We sold, we have received, we received 50% of our tokens. We sold 25% on the Sunday after launch. And we sold the remaining 25% earlier this week. Because the truth is, we just don't want to be involved in this thing. We just... It's too much of a mess. We don't want to be involved. We sold the remaining the remainder of our tokens. We're out of here. Um, okay, um, let's see. So someone said, thanks for addressing this fully. Guys, we're always transparent with you guys. You know that. Um, we were transparent when we told you to buy it. We were transparent when we told you we're selling it. Someone says, what about Annie? Um, I will address the Annie issue. Um, unfortunately, regarding the Annie issue, it's not as, as good as the Miles issue. Miles leaves here with his head up high and a friend of the channel. Um, Annie will do another show at the right time. 
There's a good reason why I'm not talking about Annie. Uh, our lawyers are talking at the moment. Um, one day we will do it. One day we will do it. Um, someone says, I still like Ryan, even though he's not wearing pants. He says, how about the DOT promotion on Banter? So we don't promote DOT. I know that there was a proposal that went into the DAO. Uh, we withdrew the propos proposal towards the end because we heard the community felt that it was too expensive. Um, yeah, I mean, do we support DOT? We don't really support any ecosystem. If we do get a sponsor, every single sponsor of us is disclosed as a sponsor. You've seen how our sponsor logos look at the top of the screen. I mean, you can see it at the top of the, of the screen over here. So you can see that over there. Um, yeah, someone says messy legal contract stuff. I, I wish it wasn't like that, but it was. Um, it is. And, you know, we, we have to protect our business. Uh, I tried my best to keep it peaceful. But we'll leave that for another, we'll, we'll leave that for another day. Um, I want to put this thing to bed once and for all. And again, I just want to say, like, we're not involved in the Satoshi VM thing. In fact, I think we were the only guys who had the guts to call it out and say, guys, you're being beaten by the influencers. The fact that some other influencers are saying, you know, we said that we're excited about this project and excited about the narrative. Yeah, we are. I mean, we, don't, we didn't go and dig into the tech DD. And if I had, I would have said to you, we've done the tech DD. I told you, we're excited about the narrative. We're still very excited about the narrative. Don't know if these guys can pull it off. To be honest, right now, I don't even know if these guys are legit or not. I'm not a, I'm, I'm, I don't have the time to go and investigate every single thing that these guys do. Um, SEC should go after influencers. I think that uh, SEC will at some stage go after influencers, and I look forward to that day, and that's why we want to remain clean. We want to remain clean. Someone says, why did Miles leave Banter? Um, Miles will do a stream on his own channel pretty soon, and he'll say why he left Banter. Um, let's just say that we've been talking about it for months, and he's leaving here with his head up high and a lot of, like, um, uh, a lot of, uh, yeah, everything is cool with Miles. We like him. I was disappointed by this last Satoshi VM incident. And as I said, if he was at Banter, maybe things would have been different. But I also think that Miles had a very tough week. And I felt that, I think that Miles felt a knock to his credibility, which is not nice as an influencer. And I think that he's, he's, he, he learned his lesson and he's going to make good. That's just the way that I see it. Um, is it true that BitBoy is replacing Miles on Banter? <laughs> Look, I'm blocked. I don't see BitBoy's tweets anymore. But uh, I can tell you that if you want to be happy in your life, you should find someone who is as obsessed with you as Bitcoin is, is as BitBoy is obsessed with us or me. Um, okay, someone says, let's talk about something else. Is this all done? Is it finished now? Is it finished now? Like, do we, are we all moved on? Are we not going to get these salty comments about uh, uh, Satoshi VM? We are not involved. We're not playing that game. We will never, ever, ever play the buy our media for attention. You want to buy our media? Be a sponsor. We'll disclose you as a sponsor. And every single time that I talk about my sponsors, I always tell you, this is one of our sponsors. Even if I'm talking about their token, I always highlight to you and say, this is one of our sponsors, but I'm talking to you about this because... That is how we operate. And that's how we've always operated. We're not here for one. Satoshi VM, even though you were an investor, you, Satoshi, even you were investors as per your old vlogs where you encouraged Bantapan to... Did we encourage the Bantapan to buy? Did we send them to the, to the terminal? I don't remember ever doing that. To be honest, I didn't even know which terminal was launching it, to be honest. I just know we bought. We told you guys we bought because we always tell you guys we bought. Uh, someone says, love the color jacket. To be honest, I do too. Thank you. Um, 
All right, it's finished. Game over. Let's quickly look at the market. Someone says, shall I buy, is, is Satoshi VM at $1? Honestly, to be honest, there's so many good opportunities in crypto. Why would you go and buy a project that is, um, it's not, it's $4.27. Why would you go and buy a project that has got so much FUD around it? I mean, maybe it's an opportunity. Maybe this is the opportunity. When there's FUD, you buy it. Um, but I just think there's so many opportunities. I'm moving on. I've moved on. I'm moving on. Um, at some point, I might expose the whole influencer ring. I'm thinking about doing it. Just, I think it's problem is that I might not have enough facts that I may, you know, misrepresent. But in the meantime, I am going to keep you completely, completely um, uh, uh, updated when I think that influencers are, are playing you. So it's going to, it's, I'm not falling into this whole, this whole uh, influencer game. Um, someone says, what about Bombay Trillionaire? So Bombay left us, uh, we, we didn't want anonymous uh, we wanted only doxed hosts on our channel because we want people to see our faces and trust us. And I just felt that it wasn't the right look when someone's camera is not on for our channel. I mean, for our channel. Um, what about exchanges for the USA? Um, we'll put them in the description and you'll get some exchanges for the USA. As I said, people say expose them. I will expose when I think the influ when you're being played by the influencers. I'm making that my, my, my mission now. We're not playing this influencer game where you can buy where you can buy us for allocations. And I, I told that. I, I tell that to every single project. We actually make most projects sign a document that, that actually says that. Um, please check alt layer token. Alt layer token is amazing. It's just pumped too much. So forget about it. Move on. Well, not move on. It's not cheap for me. Um, Sheldon next. Listen, let, tell Sheldon tomorrow. When you, when you watch Sheldon's show tomorrow, tell him to tell you, tell you guys the story of his bachelor party and specifically how it ended. And when you hear that story, you'll know it's time for Sheldon to get married. Uh, all right, let's, um, let's just quickly look at the bubbles one last time just to see if anything's happened while we were addressing this whole uh, Satoshi. Um, I think just be careful with Satoshi VM. There's a lot of influencers that look for engagement using our name and our pictures and scammer, scammer, scammer. Ask yourself about what the facts really are. Um, let's look at it. There's not much movement. We'll see you guys again tomorrow. Until then, have a beautiful day, my friends.